welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. I have the great honor to announce that Block Talk was nominated for a 2020 Glam Award for Best Podcast. And guess what? You can vote for me to win. Head on over to glamawards.net slash voting and cast your vote for Block Talk as Best Podcast and Elation as Best Digital Series. Voting ends January 20th. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Life is about to get a little bit sweeter. Say hey to Cake. How are you? Hello. Hi, I'm doing awesome. How are you today? I'm pretty good. We were just chatting about when the last time we saw each other was. The last time I was in D.C. was like almost a year ago for Slay Them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Slay Them. I miss that so much. Yeah. I was like waiting for the big pageant and it hasn't happened. Uh, oh, I would have been there for the big pageant. I <laughs> um, supporting little Scouty. But yeah, I think that was the last time I was there. Were you at that show? Um which uh, was it for scouts um yeah um i don't know if i was i so definitely I yeah I saw you at bushwick then yeah i think the last time i saw you was at bushwick which is wild well wow, it's yeah, been a year it's a year <laughs> crazy yeah. well i'm excited to chat with you because now that we are in this like quarantine world i am able to do podcast via zoom yeah um even if they try to kick me off because zoom is evil on the new operating system but right <laughs> I, i'm excited to chat with you about your life and i like to start from the beginning where are you from yeah so i was born in chicago um it's funny i was like i'm trying to answer this question and i'm like i was born in chicago but i was raised in virginia beach and now i'm in dc but mm-hmm. i i pretty much claim virginia beach in chicago um the most so yeah what were you like as a child um, as a child, I was just as impulsive and crazy as I am now, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> you know, always like wanting to do something new, always, I don't know. I was oddly entrepreneurial as a young lad. So, um, that has definitely like translated into my okay. adulthood too. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about this. What, what kind of entrepreneurial things did you oh my create? gosh just like i mean i i when i was growing up we didn't have like a ton of money and so like i um of course like when i was way younger it was like mowing other people's lawns but mm-hmm. like since i was good with computers i would like make my own little like uh uh flyer and all of that stuff and it was like I had to, my last name was jackson at the time so it was like mm-hmm. jackson landscaping and stuff even though i was like a freaking 10 year old and didn't really know what i was doing <laughs> so i did that i what'd you say were were you someone who would do a lemonade stand um yeah very that except it was (laughs) me buying airheads and like selling them Uh to other uh students and eating eating the other half so eating my profits what what did they say you're not supposed (laughs) to you don't eat your own product or whatever (laughs) so yeah so chicago to virginia beach Mm -hmm. what brought you there um so um my aunt is military so really um we went from Chicago to uh, Washington State to Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. So um, we, even though like my immediate, like my mother and um, stepfather were not 
mil- well, my stepdad was a Marine, <laughs> but my mom uh, was not military, but we pretty much followed my aunt around. And then that's mm-hmm. what got us in Virginia Beach. And I was there until uh, this is my third year in DC. So I was in Virginia beach for like the vast majority of my life. <laughs> yeah. So. I, as a, as a, as a child, my family would vacation in Virginia beach. We would go down for a week at a place right on the beach and it's a pretty little place. Yeah. Yeah. I love it there. Um, it's definitely, and I'm lucky that like, I mean, my family's still there. Um, we're like pretty close to, um, uh, DC and everything so I can just like travel like three and a half four hours to see them um, yeah I was gonna say I'm I'm very bad at geography I can't figure out how long it takes <laughs> to get from one place to, other, to yeah. the other I was like they seem like they would be only like an hour and a half away <laughs> from each other but clearly I'm wrong it's like I mean it's the same distance like from here to New York is pretty much more or less the same as from okay. here to Virginia Beach so interesting yeah I, I mean one of my fondest memories of doing those vacations was getting to do the uh, Chesapeake Bay Bridge. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know as why as a kid, it was so cool to be on this long ass bridge. It took forever. Yeah. But, and as um, an adult, it's like anxiety inducing. Exactly. Like, in the of this bridge for like 26 miles. Like it's yeah. insane. Yeah, too much. <laughs> so DC, what brought you to DC? So I actually, um, I used to help run a uh, plant-based restaurant called Fruitive, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, we started in Virginia Beach and then, we expanded the DC in like 2015 and then we were opening up a DuPont circle location. So I moved up here in 2018 with my best friend Lance and um, we moved up so that we could like open a new location and like do all that stuff. But when I got a completely different industry and I'm still with that company now. So, yeah. Nice. How did drag enter your life? So it's funny because I've been like thinking a lot about this um, just in general, like where, what are the origins of drag for me? Cause I came from like a religious background and mm-hmm. I know it just like slowly, I think I, I remember first watching drag race at like on season six. And then we also had a bar called club ambush um, in Virginia beach um, that they did drag there. But I really, I mean, I lived a different lifestyle pretty much up until like 2016 or so. So I don't know. I think the origins of drag in my life pretty much were centered in like just seeing it at the club and like watching the show. And then I, I always joked, it's funny, like, and we can unpack this later, but I was (laughs) with a, I was with a female um, for like four years up until 2016. And I like always joked about like, I'm going to start doing drag, even though I'm with her. And I was bisexual at the time or I, whatever, bi, whatever. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, because of that, I, uh, yeah, I just always had an interest. And then, I mean, I pretty much had my first show in 2019 um, at uh, Glass House. Uh, with the Genesis, actually, who you were just with, so yeah, um, and the whole house of stone, yeah, <laughs> nice, yeah. So you and I met, I believe it was, it must have been Pride twenty nineteen, yeah. yeah. And I think at that point you were not doing drag yet, but you definitely had that energy going in for it. Yeah, I did. So I started my first show was January twenty nineteen, and mm-hmm. then I only the only shows I did were Glass House. I think by the time Pride 
by the time pride rolled around uh i had probably done like six or seven shows maybe more mm-hmm. i i mean yeah it's hard for me to remember because i like i've been like balancing it and like my full-time work so like but there were some like peak periods around like that summer and winter of 2019 where i was just like drag every weekend like multiple shows blah blah, blah doing as much as i could so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. you definitely had that energy that i was like if they're not a drag queen now they will be one day that's uh yeah exactly <laughs> so i'm finally i'm finally doing the damn thing i'm trying to at least <laughs> how how would you describe cake in three words um my three words are you know it's funny i i i wrote this down it's mis- <laughs> mystical I should probably remember these because i put it on my application <laughs> but um uh, effervescent mm-hmm. <laughs> mystical and iridescent All right, nice, okay. yeah yeah i mean everyone always associates me with that iridescent fabric Sparkling <laughs> so, glow. yeah exactly <laughs> so what what is the origin of the name cake how how did you decide that's gonna be my drag name yeah um so i, I it's funny i actually used to make um cakes as a like for a living um Mm -hmm. if you like scroll deep enough in my boy instagram you'll find pictures of like different like i made like a togepi cake and a spongebob cake and i like i used to work a lot with fondant and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. but that was kind of the start of it um and then there's also it's funny the origin story is like even confusing in my own head because i have another (laughs) i have two friends that are fighting over saying that they're the ones that came up with it but I also remember watching season nine and thinking it was cool, so cool that Peppermint's name was just Peppermint. And yeah. I wanted a just something. And then she had that line, sugary, sweet confection, bad for your teeth. And I, I think I said it was like cake. And I was like, that's going to be my drag name. So there you have was, it. And then cake was born. So <laughs> how long does it take to transform into cake? Um, I'd say start to finish on a good day, 90 minutes or so. Not bad. So, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any like traditions you have getting ready? I have this one brush that is a, it is not the kind of brush that I use it for, but for some reason I always have to use this brush with my clown white to paint my eyebrows and everything. Mm. And, uh, or I mean, to paint the like space under my eyebrows. That's like one thing. And I've actually lost that brush recently and it has been throwing <gasps> oh, no. me okay. off. Yeah. What's the company? Let's, let's, let's say it out there. Let's, let's, get it, let, let, let's have them sponsor you. Oh my Please. God. No, I'm not, I'm not one of those like Morphe 219 kind of girls. <laughs> no, I definitely used, uh, it's some like Amazon 20 brushes for $7. Listen, if it works, it works exactly yeah <laughs> but i can replace it and i've been fine but yeah i mean as far as like rituals go like that is that and i always have to paint my eyebrows on first because i think that that was such a pain point for me for mm-hmm. the longest time that i just have to start with it and it helps to structure the rest of my face it, do so. you find that brows are the hardest part of makeup not anymore um no i say the hardest part for me now is I mean the time management and also just like feeling settled in on my face because for the longest time I I'm I'm like very good at I'd say one of my strengths is kind of taking feedback and like applying it you know and like I'm kind of now in a face where or in a phase where like 
I was listening to a lot of fate feedback applying it and I've kind of figured out my signature stamp, mm. if you will, Absolutely. you know, um, it's hard for me to like remind myself that like, yeah, this is your stamp, like feel comfortable. Your face looks great. You know, um, I'd say that that's like a hurdle for me, just like sticking with a face and not like yeah. worried about changing I mean, it. Well, every that's the thing. It's like though, evolving know? is okay. Right. I, I have so many friends who like, I look at their first pictures and drag and seeing what they look like now i'm like you, you you took it in you learned you played around and when you finally settled this was your face and yeah it's okay to get there in a while yeah yeah i think it's just like kind of sure it's like weird feeling like now i have like a certain level of makeup skill and reminding myself like okay like you can you could know how to do this a bit now so like yeah. you don't have to second guess yourself i still have this like slideshow of pictures that i've used for like six months now where it's like i painted a really good face one time and i took a picture every step and i still have to like go and look and say okay this was the first step this was the second step yeah. blah 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 it's like it's weird i don't know <laughs> are, are you a um youtube tutorial tutorial girl um, no, not anymore. No, I, I had my time. It's funny. I think one of the first tutorials I painted with was uh, Moni Cart's tutorial. Okay, she did a okay. tutorial and I painted with that and I did not look anything like what the tutorial said. But <laughs> uh, it's interesting, like thinking back and then like looking at those now and thinking like, wow, like I've developed my own way of doing things. So you mentioned Glasshouse, your first gig. Yes, 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 yes. Do you remember your first performance, what it was? Oh yeah, it was "Get Out of My Way" by Kylie Minogue, and I. <laughs> oh, are you a Kylie stan? Oh my gosh, yeah, I just performed Kylie. Uh, um, like, you, oh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw, but after my Abapalooza, the next show I'm doing is Kylie Mania. A digital show? Oh yeah. I'll keep you posted. Let me know because yeah. that new album is the T. It's I like. Um, dare I say magic? I oh my god it's yeah I think I literally it's funny because I haven't performed in like months of course and then like I did some outdoor gigs and things I had pretty much had three weeks in a row where I had shows and mm -hmm. I performed magic at like every single one <laughs> magic and I love it like I perform yeah. magic I love it and like that by Doja Cat and yeah it's that like big pink magical girl mm -hmm. look i have that i did magic to that so nice yeah i love it her album is um great she, she's iconic she's someone who i hate saying is still underrated after all these years yeah oh for sure yeah it's it's been so long and people you know i mean whatever she'll get noticed but i think a lot of people and trust me i love i'm not trying to bash dua lipa either like because i love dua lipa like i legitimately love dua lipa but i think that everything they're trying to say that dua lipa did for disco i think kylie actually did it this year. oh fully so and that's uh you heard it here first so we, we, we love it okay so you did your first performance glass house it's kylie minogue what was the reception like how did, how did you feel after doing your first drag performance um oh my gosh like i mean I actually, so I was interviewing um, Magic Dyke in my podcast, and I didn't realize that they were at that show. Oh, but cool. they were just saying, like, oh, my gosh, you're, like, absolutely magnetic. Oh, swap out when I said uh, iridescent earlier, swap out iridescent with magnetic. <laughs> That's, All right, that we was like it. We'll, we'll yeah. take magnetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said I was, like, just super magnetic on stage, and it's funny, like, I'm, like, pretty um, – agile and heels um mm -hmm. and i 
really I didn't really i mean i don't know i'm a six foot four black man and like <laughs> it's just like i don't know people people get pretty like were they people were pretty gagged at that that performance yeah. and like um i made my own dress i had that like whole iridescent sequiny fabric mm-hmm. dress that i made i um yeah i loved it yeah it was good. so you, you caught the bug the bug i was caught there. the bug yeah i did and i um even though at the time i didn't because the company I was working for, I was kind of afraid to, um, I was afraid to like really dive in the drag because I just didn't, the owners of the company, I mean, they're great, but they're, um, they're super Christian. So I just didn't want to stress out over that. So I didn't really do drag that much or advertise it much even. then as soon as I left the company, I think like it was in October that year, that's when I started really getting into drag. Nice. Who were some of the first people to help you out in your drag journey? Um, so when there's a couple people that come to mind, um, cause I actually, I know I like officially started drag in 2019, but my drag journey started like quite a bit before that, probably in like 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two Queens that like really like my, the first, uh, Queens to put me in drag were, um, um, wow i don't know why i i <laughs> i know who these queens are and I, wow that's embarrassing as shit i'm I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very like scary interviewer so it must be armani my... <laughs> armani colby sorry i, I like mm-hmm. wanted to say the boy name like because i just oh, know them as sure, sure. I, we've been friends for so long but yeah armani colby from uh virginia beach now in uh palm springs um and then also uh kiara from LA um we all like kind of came up in the same drag scene and they put me in drag for the first time and yeah so I had some experiences like painting Mm -hmm. and putting on makeup and stuff like that even prior to actually starting in January um but then from there like in my actual drag journey I definitely say like uh uh Logan Stone Venus Valhalla um you know that whole crew they were all really good about like helping me out and also um Squealia um Mm -hmm. who is I kind of have two drag mothers, I guess. <laughs> um, Squealia and uh, Venus Valhalla. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Who are some of your drag inspirations, either drag artists or just other artists in general? Yeah. Um, I'd say, oh my gosh, number one inspiration for sure outside of drag would be like, I hate to be sound like a basic bitch, but like uh, Sailor Moon, Magica, like all. Uh, I watched a crap ton of anime, you know. So like anything anime related is like my first inspiration for most mm-hmm. of my drag, and then from there, um, I yeah, I mean, I've been as far as like bigger names. I'm really inspired by Asia O'Hara. I say that she's like one of the my main favorite queens uh that i that inspires me have you um, used butterflies before i have not and i will not <laughs> good call good call <laughs> um but yeah asia um milk as well is one of my favorite queens yeah I know that that's not like the most popular answer but i love milk um milk season six excellent milk yeah. all stars four yeah a little sour okay. I, uh, I enjoyed milk on all stars and i think that it was milk, good entertainment milk, milk just got villainized but i think that i don't know i think in general a lot of people get 
don't know. The show has to have a villain. So oh, of course, it's like it's it's reality TV, but it's not all real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so DC, what is the scene like? How would you describe the DC drag scene? Um, it's definitely. I mean, it stinks because there's a lot of us. Like, I'm. I kind of call myself the pragmatic queen because I actually like try to get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately not be not out of like being fake or anything but i just like genuinely enjoy all these people and i kind of came up in the scene as a fan first and as a queen second mm-hmm. you know and yeah but other than that like i think that there's a lot of talented people here um i think that people are limited by their cattiness you know right. and i think that that's drag everywhere you know but um definitely in this scene in uh dc where we we're limited in space with spaces and stuff. And I think that people kind of, it gets a little high schooly sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, DC has been plagued with losing queer spaces in the past year, year and a half, even prior to COVID. Right. How moving forward, hopefully when things are able to open up again, how are, how do you think you can find new spaces to create more work? Well, I think I'm, fortunate to really like i mean one i'm very like business minded you know and i'm not doing drag for the business like i legitimately enjoy the art you know but i think that like my connections and skills on that regard are that they'll help me to like create shows and opportunities where needed you know Mm -hmm. um but honestly also drag is i'm not relying on it as my income it really is just Mm -hmm. art for me so i think that like at least for me, how I personally have helped myself the most is by like trying to make sure that I let everyone else know that I genuinely do like enjoy them, you know? (laughs) And that's just like, I don't know. I think that a lot of people can use a dose of that, you know? And it sucks because sometimes when you're like that, people will kind of, you get billed as fake and it's like, no, I just like, it's hard to be actually nice in nightlife yeah yeah someone always has their doubts yeah it's i think a lot of times i get like questioned about like how genuine Uh my love for everyone is like i love every kind of um art there is like i mean i also can recognize when people are shitty people but that doesn't like i don't know i don't think that it, it takes a lot for someone to be shitty to the point of me like actually thinking that they're yeah. not worth me being friends with you know and i think that my I, I don't know i think that the way that i i always try to say my character speaks louder than anyone else so like in the hardest times i have to like just remind myself like you know like people can say one thing but it doesn't like really reflect what the reality is you know yeah. are are there any dc drag artists that you've yet to work with that's on your dream list um no, I've actually, I mean, I've pretty much, I can't think of any or many queens that I have that I didn't have a show with mm-hmm. when we were able to do so, um, you know, so yeah, in DC, I mean, you know, I could tell you like who I absolutely like adore and look up to in the scene you know but as far as people that i like i don't really have a list of like who i would still want to work with i've been able to um 
I've been fortunate enough in my first couple of years of doing drag to really just like have some great opportunities with all the people I awesome I like yeah. DC isn't known for a vast drag competition scene, but when there is one, you bet your ass you can find Kate competing. <laughs> you won a round of slay them. You won the inaugural pitchers drag world series. You played second in Miss Yums. What's the recipe for success? If you want to share it with the listeners. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll share it. Um, I mean, it's funny with um I I do think that drag like really does take a like certain level of like passion and like presence and charisma. Uh, and I think that anyone and everyone can and should be able to do drag, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just like in speaking to like competitions and like how those go, um, I think I've found success because I, um, one, I mean, I definitely like have the passion there. And then, um, on top of that, I really like try to not only like meet people in the audience just for like cheering or whatever, but I also like. I'm, uh, people will tell you I have like too many friends like I legitimately have too many people to keep up with like I've gotten like 10 text messages while we've been sitting in this podcast and like I've had to wow, put my what's thing that on like? To, oh my God. <laughs> I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to like brag about it. I just like I I've always had an issue with like putting everyone else before before myself you know so in that mm-hmm. same regard like back when clubs were open and everything I really genuinely enjoyed like whether I was in drag or out of drag, going, meeting people, drumming up support, not for my sake, but just like, because I enjoy being around people, you know? And then, so from there, that translates into like having a lot of support when you're on stage, which translates into having better energy that you can reciprocate, you know? And I think that that's so important, like, especially when you're like out there doing competitions and doing things that you don't normally do. Cause like, I mean, I like, the drag world series thing i um did that competition like six months in the drag you know mm-hmm. and like pretty much each week i i was very i also have like some very good friends that helped me out with a lot of things because i i took on some ambitious like uh projects as far as like yeah. um the like the construction of outfits and things like that and sewing and everything and I had a lot of friends that would like come over like uh, my uh, really close friend of mine Carl um he was over like every night helping me like stone and do all this stuff and I was doing that while I was like still working full-time too so it was like it was a lot but I um yeah yeah, I mean Venus really put you through the ringer with that show oh my gosh she did yes um (laughs) do you have a favorite performance from uh drag world series um from drag world series um like of my own or just period of uh, your own of my own um that was a good question it was so long ago <laughs> um, long ago but only a year yeah honestly i got to work with uyubeta for and we did not win this week but i got to work with uyubeta and uh we did a like little choreo moment and mm-hmm. and um um she came over i made us costumes i made costumes for us both and we like did this whole like number together and i think that was that was probably one of my favorite moments from uh the drag world series uh for sure yeah yeah so you won the competition it was a it was a tight race what was it like winning and how how did it feel 
to have the reactions from the crowd, both positive and negative? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I hated winning. I hated it because, like, I mean, the whole competition <laughs> – I mean, I'm being straight up yeah. about it. You know, the whole mm -hmm. competition, I honestly – I can legitimately say I like slayed every single week. I was never in the bottom. I won multiple challenges. I did great every single mm -hmm. week. And then the finale came and I did not do good in the finale, but like, I guess points wise or, or however it was done, like I still won. And right. like, it sucks knowing that like the final challenge was not indicative of everything that I had done to like get there on that final night, you know? So it was, I mean, there's so much drama, like, and like, <laughs> it's understandable too, because there were like, it's completely understandable. And um, I, I mean, I got a chance to unpack it with a uh, magic deck a little bit too, but like, I, there are a lot of people that were just like upset with me because of a decision that I didn't even make. Right. You know? It's not it in your control. Like, yeah um no, no, but yeah me. yeah it's just like yeah i kind of it's like i mean i was like getting major anxiety even like after the one year anniversary of winning the competition right. like just because i did not want to see it all on my facebook and i don't even think i logged into facebook that day i think it was like right around the same time as all of the election chaos so like mm -hmm. nothing ever was really said about it and i've i like to think that i've tried to like make my peace with everyone in those moments you know but um or from those moments. But I mean, I think that sometimes no matter how much you try to like reconcile or resolve or whatever, I think sometimes people are kind of, people will have their dead set opinion about Absolutely. who you are and that's just how it is, you know? And I have to just like continue knowing that like that, whatever their opinion does, doesn't really, or doesn't really reflect who I am. Uh, I'm the only one that can do that, you know? So. Exactly. And, and as someone who runs competitions, hopefully, again, once things are back in better shape, it, it's hard because even, even as a producer and a judge, you don't want to have to consider other people's voices in the back of your head as you're making decisions, as you're going through the competition. But you know, no matter what you do, something, somewhere, someone is going to be unhappy with the result, even if right. the result is well-deserved. Um, and again, people who go yeah, and attend, exactly. yeah. um, they don't necessarily clock all the rules and regulations and everything that's happening and, and this is how the scoring works. They only hear what they want to hear and they're there supporting someone and sometimes it just makes a messy situation for everyone that should not happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, on a fun, yeah. positive I, note, you just started a brand new podcast. I did, yes. With your co-host, Hell Over Time. Yes, Sunday service. Sunday service. Yes, yes, um, yes. Give us the elevator pitch. Why should we listen? What is it about? Um. Yeah, I mean, we... Um, Caleb, or sorry, Heller, <laughs> and I <laughs> share... We, we've been friends for a while, and um, we both kind of share a similar odd past of, like, kind of working through a bit of religious trauma mm -hmm. and we wanted to we were like wow we used to like go to church every sunday let's uh do something like that again yeah but take them to church in our own way you know so we decided to call the podcast sunday service and 
Really, um, what we're doing, we're doing it as a service to the community. Um, each week, there's a different um, organization that we're benefiting. Um, and it, we're interviewing different people from our community each week um, as well, just to um, kind of, I don't know, shine a spotlight, get some content yeah. out there, get things going. This is my dog. <laughs> <laughs> we, lo- we love. <laughs> Why a podcast now? Yeah, Um Honestly, I, I think it's, um, you know, I'm trying to think of how this first came up. I mean, I think that our main goal, Caleb and I, wow, Heller, I really need to keep saying Heller. <laughs> it's so hard when you know someone outside no, of that for so that. long. And yeah, um, but Heller and I really like try to take an approach of like, yeah, I mean, you know how like Rue's always like everybody say love and preaching posit- positivity and all that stuff. Like, I like truly try to live that out as much as I can, and I think that for the longest time, like um, Heller and I have had com- different conversations about like some of the issues that have been like facing not only our drag community but our world and everything like that. And like we have certain ways of how we want to address those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think other people have other like more extreme ways of how they want to handle things. And I'm, we take more of a like uh, pragmatic approach, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I think the reason why we want to start podcasts is so that we can kind of start so that we can build up a platform where we can like kind of spread our philosophies in those regards too. And like just encourage a bit more positivity in the community, because like, I think that sometimes with drag and like, in the gay community in general like some of us like take ourselves like way too seriously and we sure end up do. uh we end up coming across pretty nasty to other yeah people. it's i can i totally understand that yeah have you yeah. found any difficulties start creating the podcast what's what's been the hardest part oh yeah oh my gosh well like number one heller didn't know which way to <laughs> point the microphone when they got it <laughs> so there's some shoddy quality on the first couple episodes but um yeah other than that it's been it's been good really it's just been like building a routine and making time to actually mm-hmm. do it because we set an ambitious goal of releasing an episode every week you know and that's on top of us trying to produce our own drag content and maintain our normal full-time jobs as well you know um but we're doing it um and secret uh, is to get many in the can have many at your disposal yes yes exactly and that's what we're doing i have like three interviews set up this week i think or two or three yeah and we're trying to just like keep cranking them out so that if we ever get lazy again we can afford to (laughs) do you have like a dream guest that you really want to be on the show Oh, that is a good question. Um, I do. Let's put it out in the universe. Let's get them on. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who I would want. Dream guest. Oh, no. I just feel like the first answer that came to mind is so like basic. But gosh. I, basic is fine. I want to talk to Lady Gaga so bad. <laughs> I love her. I mean, her. who like, doesn't? But that's a great choice. I know. Yeah. She's just like, I mean, really just amazing. And I what would, well, okay. You want to interview Gaga. What is the first mm-hmm. question you're asking her? Um, Can you remember me? <laughs> remember cake <laughs> no um i think the first question i'd ask is um 
I don't know. I mean, she's done so many interviews, though. So actually, I'm thinking about it more. It, my reasoning for wanting to like interview her was purely selfish. Just like that's okay. Wanting to talk, and I yeah, I think as far as like yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'd ask though. I need I need time. This is. Oh, fully. If I got to interview Lady Gaga, I would need at least a week and a half to prepare, to prepare. Yeah. And get ready for the podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'd be so scared. Yeah. We are going to play a game called This or That. I'm going to give you two options. You're going to pick the one that you like. Okay. Scary or funny? Funny. Text or call? Say it again. Text or call? Call. Coffee or tea? Tea. Beach or city? City. Halloween or Christmas? Halloween. Wow. Mm. Surprising answer. <laughs> Workout or pig out? <laughs> My mind right now is telling me uh, workout, but uh, if I was smoking, then I'd be saying pig out. <laughs> Trixie or yeah. Katya? Trixie. <laughs> Trixie. Trixie. Power Rangers or Pokemon? Power Rangers, 100%. Yeah. Ice cream I... or cake? Funny <laughs> thing. Oh, wow. Probably cake, but I actually do not like cake that much, which is like, wow, okay. You heard it here first, but I am not like, I will eat cake, but I have to be like, craving it like mm-hmm, and ice cream mm-hmm. too i'm the same way i'm a like i'm a sorbet okay okay you person. like you like fan you're fancy exactly yeah <laughs> so i like to go behind the music a little bit what would you say your signature number is and how did it become your signature number hmm my signature number that's a good question i mean honestly like get out of my way and i mm-hmm. like i know that's the first song i did and i haven't even performed it that much but i just remember seeing the video for it and she does this like it's like they have a bunch of chairs and she like does this little move where she's like get out of my way and she steps to the right and then she says get out of my way boom and then she does this little like flick flick thing mm-hmm. and i just was always mesmerized by that choreography even like i mean i know kylie's like getting older but like she still was killing it and I was just Absolutely. like I don't know so I like try to challenge that like or channel that like a lot I just loved the like poise and greatness in it yeah so yeah I'd say for me yeah I'd probably get out of my way because I the energy and love that I felt in that first performance will always come back to me whenever I do that song or anything by Kylie really so have you found um you've gotten to a point where people request numbers from you um yes a lot of people ask me to do stupid ho like because <laughs> i did it once at uh geneva's brunch at red rocks in dc and it was one of my best performances because i just i know every single word and syllable to that song and i know a lot of queens do it but i just i think of all songs i think of everyone asks me to do that like nice again <laughs> now so. 2020 has been a weird year yeah. We have had some great music come out of 2020, though. Mm-hmm. What song from 2020 are you most looking forward to performing? 
That's another good one. Um, I should look at my little Spotify wrapped real quick because that's <laughs> like, I mean, I who, don't. Who was your number one? Uh, it was Gaga for of sure. Course, of yeah. course. Um, yeah, but I also, you know, I'm waiting for one queen to pair up with me and do um, Forgive Me by chloe and Haley. that's yes. a, that's oh my gosh i love that song and that and i haven't done it because it's definitely like a two-person song but mm-hmm. do you have yeah. anyone in mind i would love to do it with uh either kiara uh, who i mentioned earlier or uh drew sedora um mm-hmm. from dc drew sedora is like absolutely like one of my top favorite performers yeah i, I met yeah. i met drew um and Emma, when they came up to New York to do a one-off competition um, mm-hmm. that I happened to be judging that week. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So it, it, it's crazy how me and the DC scene still connect yeah, somehow. Yeah, collide and yeah, yeah. Uh, odd ways. But yeah, that's cool. We're going to play a game called the Cameo Game Show. If you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more? Okay. I am familiar with Cameo, so. Yes. So these, these are current to this recording day. Things have fluctuated. People have okay. price differences. So don't have <laughs> of this. Shangela or Ben de la Creme? Bendela. Yep. Dela is 200. Shangela is 150. No. Okay. Next, we have Heidi in Closet or Nikki Doll. Nikki Doll. It's actually Heidi in Closet at 75. Wow. Nikki is 65. Also, I just want to be clear. I am not, because both answers I just gave are not who I think should be more. It's just like who who I think would have the audacity to charge more. That's which fair. Like, that's fair. I, and I love all of the Queens mentioned, but I know I felt like Bendela would charge more. And oh, I yeah, felt boy. like. Um, Dale's I, a movie star, too. Um, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, so next up, bag of chips or Davina DeCampo? Baga. Yep, Baga is 90, Davina is 35. And just reminder to the listeners, if you are my friend, my birthday is inauguration day. That is January 20th. You know how much I love Davina DeCampo. Uh, it's a good price. Just saying. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> next Heard up, first. <laughs> we have Cynthia Lee Fontaine or Jiggly Caliente. Ooh. Jiggly. It's actually Cynthia. Cynthia wow. is 45. Jiggly is the odd price of 1875. Huh. Yeah. Next up, Darien Lake or Delta Work. Delta. Yep. Delta is 75. Darien is 55.50. Yeah. Delta gets that wig money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next, next we got Bob the Drag Queen or Thorgy Thor. Bob. Absolutely, Bob. Okay. Bob is 75. Yeah. <laughs> Thorgy is 33.75. I don't know when they started adding these, these cents to processing their prices, fee. <laughs> exactly. It just makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Nicole Page Brooks or Tammy Brown. Tammy Brown. Tammy is 50. Nicole is 30. Okay. And in honor of DC, how much can you get a Tatiana cameo for? 
750. You can get it right now for $35. Y'all jump on that. Tell her okay, to say thank on. you to you. Go get a Tatiana cameo. Yes. Come on. We're actually birthday twins too. Funny Are enough. you really? So like, yeah, it's so funny. Like in my little Facebook messages, it's just like every year we're like, happy birthday twin. Nice. <laughs> but that's it. I, she, yeah. She's a delight. Yeah. Why is drag important to the community? I mean, I, I think I can speak to drag as really like... Uh, making it drag helped me open up and like kind of escape from my like past of like being afraid to be who I am because I honestly like think I was caught up in church and everything so much because there's such a community there you know so when you like leave that community and you don't have another community it sucks you know um and I was blessed and fortunate enough to be able to come out of it make new friends in this drag scene in this drag community with all the entertainment and everything and i think that that's like that's the most important thing for me um and that's why i, I think it's important in general because it definitely has helped shape who i am uh even yeah. before i started doing it so yeah we've now moved into this phase where digital drag really has changed the face of the game how have you found your drag has evolved um into this digital age Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, my first, I did, <laughs> I was the first loser of mixed quarantine actually, because I was, uh, I had too much going on to actually complete it. But um, yeah, I mean, that first video I did, you can see my makeup in the first video and you can see my makeup in the latest video and see that like it has drastically changed. I think digital drag has given me the opportunity to at least like take more time to like figure out what I want my face to look like, what I want yeah. to do, all of those things. And also, I mean, I have a lot of video editing experience even prior to, so it's just been an opportunity to um, showcase those skills um, digitally. So that's been nice. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? You know, I think that, I think that we're going to continue. I, th I think that a lot of the fights that have been being fought um, for um, inclusivity and respect for all different types of drag, I think we're going to see some of the benefits of those fights finally coming to fruition because I think for the longest time, I mean, and I don't think that anyone has ever... I think that there are some queens that really try to shoehorn drag into being a certain thing, you know, and it's not, I think sometimes it reads as disrespect and it is disrespect in a lot of ways, but also I think it's just, um, I don't know. I, I can't really speak much to what that is, but I, I just know that there's a lot more to drag than like female impersonation. Absolutely. And I am like, so excited to see, what everything looks like in five years when people realize you know like and people have been starting to realize it for a while but you're not you're even seeing changing and change some changes in how they're doing casting for drag race and stuff well, like that well i think so. this is a, an interesting question too in five years where's rupaul you know i am not i am not on the i hope i i'm not on the hate RuPaul train and I know yeah. a lot of people are and I actually uh, I, I could talk about this for I mean hey sis time. it's Christmas um yeah I um 
Yeah, it, RuPaul, I think that um, RuPaul has done a lot of great things um, for the community and has paved a certain way for, of course, certain types of drag, you know? And I think that, yes, there definitely has been a lot of ignorance from, oh man, not ignorant, not, and we never know who it's coming from or where it's coming from too. And that's the thing. I think that a lot of thing gets pitched on like, oh, well, this is what Rue said this time. So like, this is Rue's trash now, you know? And like, well, oh, y'all are still supporting this bitch and blah, 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 you know? And it's like, you know, there are, as much energy as being, like the same energy that's being put into that can be put into um, uplifting and supporting other kinds of sure. artists and um, people that you want to see. And that can be done without being like, it doesn't have to be mutually ex like you can support and watch drag race and also support and watch uh, Dragula and all the other kinds of drag content that we have without like feeling a need to like bash No, I totally, I, I totally you, agree. I yeah. feel like it, it's rather than bash, we should teach. If if you're if someone is ignorant or unlearned on something, don't don't knock them down. Educate them, teach them, tell them how they can improve and learn, because it's the only way we can come together. Yeah, and I think a lot of times what I hear from a lot of people is, uh, "It's not my job." I like this is something you'll never catch me saying and it is okay it is I want to mm -hmm. make it clear it's also okay for the people that choose to say like it is not my job to educate like they have the right to do that because not everyone has the patience for doing it you know um, I just think that sometimes people take it a step further and turn it into like not only is it my job is not only is it not my job to educate you because there's resources available but also I'm going to make you feel like shit for being ignorant to this or being blatantly ignorant to it, you know, where it's just like, I don't know. I don't think that there's value in that. I mean, well, there is value in that energy put being put out in the world in um, some communities, you know, mm -hmm. like if we're talking about um, our president uh, Trump right now, I think that that's a different amount of fervor and energy that you do want to put into yeah. those kind of people, you know, but sometimes I feel like I, I see the same energy being given to people that are like in our own community. And we, we kind of have to remember like this little whole drag world is to the most of the world to like 99% of the world. It is actually just like a weird thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm definitely all for more for like, you know, uplifting and supporting the artists that like do do a good job at like showcasing different kinds of drag and art. Right, you know, like I always love Desiree's shows here in DC because Desiree has like a diverse cast yeah. and people that you want to see. You know, and I can I can do that and see those shows and enjoy that, and also go see a like traditional female impersonation show um, and like not I don't know be canceled for that or yeah i mean like that, at the end know? of the day yeah. all of drag is valid yeah it is exactly and i think we we need to lift that out so yeah that's why i know we kind of started talking like with talking about rupaul but i just like oh my gosh there's so many people that are always like rupaul fracking oh fuck rupaul because she's fracking and this and right and, and then those like, are the same people who are going to share the leaked video uh trailer of the season right yeah. Oh God. So I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. That's, I mean, that's, I love that's you, the Scout. thing. Is, 
Oh boy. I was so um, direct. <laughs> oh my god, I love you, Scotty. Um I mean there there are other people too. No, I, I know, it's, I it's, know. it's the thing, it's like the there there are people who have I mean it's it's completely true. You wanna comment on, on it, go for it. Just have the backup when if someone were to call you out on it. But yeah, I'm um yeah, I mean I definitely I mean yeah, I, I'm always like have an open inbox for like having conversations about these Absolutely. things and like no one can ever say that I'm not like a patient soul that will like actually talk about things and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that we need to like, I don't know. We need to remember that like RuPaul is a, like a black man in uh, mm-hmm. their sixties and uh, or seventies now. I'm not even sure. Just and 60. Uh, yeah. And also from, from a very different generation from a different generation. And it's not an excuse for ignorance at all, but oh, we wow. have to like respect, we have to respect the platform that has been legitimately brought by rue and Mm -hmm. the other queens that um were part of that and i I think that that can be done and we can respect that without um and also recognize the things that are not okay you know which is um such as not not allowing um our trans sisters onto the show um as trans competitors you know um but i think that we are going to see changes to the show in the format in the future because people have been putting up that fight and it may not be the speed that we want it to be but it will happen. Yeah. And I, and I do recognize too, that like, because I, I always had an argument, you know, like none of this, these changes would have happened if we weren't so angry about it, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, there is value in that, you know, so I, I'm not ever going to like necessarily bash anyone's like technique. I'll just say that, like, I choose to approach things a certain way, which is why, yeah. you know, Heller and I talk a lot of these conversations I've had with Heller and um, we, uh, this is part of why we started the podcast, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to move into everyone's favorite game. It's called Tea Time, where you are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, colleagues, people you share a stage with, maybe you're some of your enemies. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. You already named this bitch already. She's one of my favorites. She's been on the podcast before, and she's a big supporter of mine, Desiree Dick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I legitimately love Desiree like there is not really tea for me to spill I mean I think that um Desiree had it super hard coming up in the DC community because I think that the DC community that Desiree came up in was way more toxic than the DC community that Desiree helped to raise and foster that I'm part of now you know and I think that um yeah I mean I think that there's been times where we've like we get along super well. Um, I think there's been times where we haven't necessarily gotten along. Um, but I think that a lot of times that just has stemmed from like confusion or thinking that I'm not like supporting when I like definitely am like, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I kind of came into the scene as a fan first, not a queen. And I used to go to uproar like every week to go see, um, say slay them when it was slay her you know and uh mm-hmm. uh been to like oddball and all the shows yeah desiree is definitely one of my favorite queens here um i had i had them perform at my birthday show last year and if i did one this year i would do the same thing so <laughs> yeah. next up is someone i love dearly miss dearly it's rigatoni yes rigatoni oh my gosh i fucking love rigatoni and i like we we did that competition like okay here if you want tea or drama the tea Let's or drama with rigatoni is i still i think my angriest moment is in drag was that rigatoni beat me 
one week in the pitcher's drag world series because I spent hours and had like burns on my hands and stuff from constructing this beautiful card dress. And Mm -hmm. I lost to Rigatoni putting Bratwurst on her back and (laughs) they were both in nude suits and it was a genius idea, but I understood it to be a, uh, I understood it to be a, um, a design challenge. And I was like, you didn't design anything. I can't believe you won. You know, I think I remember like the Genesis and Citrine judged that week and I was angry and I sent <laughs> angry messages and just, oh like, no. Oh, yeah. It was so, me looking back now too, I'm like, wow, what a fucking, I was being such a fucking brat about it. But <laughs> I still stand by the fact that that was not, that should not have won, but it was a cute idea. And I love Rigatoni despite that one moment so and that's i i honestly when i think of rigatoni i don't think of that i I just think of yeah (laughs) yeah she's wonderful i miss her next up when you talk about rigatoni you gotta talk about scout's honor oh yes yeah scout too um yeah i love scout i think that um we definitely i mean scout is definitely like super polarizing when it comes to like opinions on certain things but i've always like slipped into scouts inbox if i ever mm-hmm. wanted to like have a discussion about something and that's what i respect about scouts so much like we are able to like have like pretty um like civil conversations about like po- things that we have polarizing views on they're really not even polarizing it's just like more polarizing about how we handle things or whatever but mm-hmm. um i've always had a lot of respect for scout and um yeah i mean that's that's scout <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of scout Venus Valhalla. Venus, yeah, my lovely mother. Yeah, um, I, um, Venus did so much to like help me out, like especially starting out, like especially because Venus lived with me for quite some mm-hmm. time, and um, yeah, helped me out a lot with makeup and like I had sewing skills, but um, Venus helped me to fine tune it. I'll forever be grateful for everything that um, Venus has done for me. I think that, of course, like us living together was like not a good situation um but now that we've gotten out of that we um i i feel like we're like a lot closer than ever before so uh venus just came up and picked up my dremel so that they could work on some <laughs> outfits yeah <laughs> nice. so, yeah next up hunter paris cartier hunter paris cartier my sister that's my bitch i love her i'm gonna call her after this so that she can help me <laughs> rhinestone some outfits so yeah i have nothing uh nothing no tea to spill there we're just like we're really tight and i think that um yeah out of most performers that's probably like uh, my, my out of all the dc performers that's like my best friend here yeah nice Next, we got Ricky Rosé. Ricky Rosé, yeah. I respect and love everything that, like, Ricky does for sure. I think that, like, I mean, we know a lot of the, like, stuff from the Drag World series and everything was centered on um, Ricky not winning over me. um, And that caused a lot of tension between us in the past. Um, But we've since, like, been able to have a lot of, like, conversation about it. Like, I I feel like we're good friends. Um, I think that if you're listening to this podcast and you're not ordering Coquito from Ricky, then I'll be pissed at you. I'm about to message and order some myself. (laughs) So, um, yeah. um, Yeah, I think that, like, even though we're all, yeah, we all have different ways of, like, handling things. And I think that Ricky has experienced um, a lot of, 
disrespect from other people in the community and I'm never going to be, I, I hate that I inadvertently ended up kind of being part of mm-hmm. that. Um, but I, I will never like stand for anyone ever doing that to any other performers in our area again in that way. Yeah. yeah. Next up, a former guest of your podcast, Magic Dyke. Magic Dyke is by far my favorite uh, drag king in everywhere, anywhere. Yeah, I love Magic. I saw Magic for the first time um, at a This Free Life event in DC and just like love everything they do and just like feel like Magic has such a kind heart and soul. And I was actually shocked because like we were, we had our podcast and Magic told me that um, they had beef with me over the drag world series stuff and i didn't even know about it yeah. until we talked about it in the podcast but i'm, I'm glad that we we were able to talk about it because um i think that there was just confusion as to like my role in it and like really what i i mean i really was just like a contestant <laughs> in the yeah. whole thing and it wasn't in, yeah but anyway it's yeah i i love magic so much yeah next up logan stone Logan Stone is the queen who gave me my first booking in DC and gave me tons of opportunities. Um, for since we actually, when we went up to Bushwig and also uh, went to DragCon, we stayed together and I still um, talk to Logan and love Logan a lot too. I know it's funny, like I'm not, I don't know how other people handle this segment, but you're probably going to just hear me saying I love people a lot. And That's I, and I genuinely, most people will do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I mean it, you're not going to ever catch me like saying this and not meaning it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people just say silly, silly stories. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Like maybe you have a silly story. At, I believe we, you and I met at this person's apartment, Bratwurst. Oh yes. Bratwurst. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. We did meet at Brat's apartment. That's so funny. Yeah. I love Brat. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why we always joke around saying that um, Brat is my little, my little sister, but yeah, I, um, this is a fun, funny story or funny thing. Brat and I, I mean, I guess it's not, I don't know who can laugh at this, but Brat and I have an issue with saying the N word too much. Like, okay. <laughs> we just, it's just in our vocabulary and I honestly don't even say it that much unless I'm like with Brad and like it's just the funniest thing and yeah I I mean it's not the funniest thing but it's it's just the thing it's it's a thing you two are close and that's the thing you do together we're close and that's just what we do we just make all of our white friends uncomfortable by saying (laughs) it all the time (laughs) there you go next up Miss LaBella Mafia Bella Mafia was actually the first drag queen I ever became friends with in DC. Um, we met at Secrets. It was me. I was always up here because when we were opening up the restaurant in uh, in DC, I still lived in Virginia Beach for a long time, but I would go to Secrets. And I met La Bella Mafia and um, Katja Attention um, in, at Secrets. And uh yeah, I mean, ever since then, we've been, we live down the street from each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been able to see each other that much because of pandemic stuff. But I think that LaBella's um, always been like a captivating entertainer and like uh, the growth now is just like insane. I, I, I love LaBella so much. Actually, first drag brunch I ever went to was at Teakwood too, which is funny. <laughs> so Let's hear a little tea on Squealia squealia that is yeah i mean squealia was 
the first person to like paint my face and have me be like, okay, I got to like do this and do it well. And actually Squilia painted my face for like the second glass house too. Um, yeah. Um, Squilia, I'm trying to think of how we even met. We met through Tiffany draw, uh, Tiffany, Tiffany D Carter. Wow. I cannot believe I just called her <laughs> Tiffany. Durant. That's the old name. Um, but yeah, we met through Tiffany um, in Virginia beach actually, cause we're all mm-hmm. kind of from the same area and um, we just became good friends. Uh, actually, I, I honestly, I thought Squilly was cute and I was, and then I found out that Squilly was dating someone, which was like fine. Um, and then we just became friends after and then, yeah, she became my drag mother. So nice. Yeah. And finally we have to end with hell over time hell over time oh my gosh my first love <laughs> no i love i love heller so much um we we met in virginia beach as well and heller actually had like a choice between a couple places of where to go and like chose dc pretty much because of me um so like we both live here now because of that and yeah i mean we've been super close we have very similar personalities um and it definitely it it makes us work well together so i'm thankful that we get to now i love that we're doing the podcast because we get to talk every single week and that is like the best part about it Do, do you save stories from the week for the podcast um sometimes yeah i mean we're still i mean we're only like five episodes deep so honestly we're still getting the hang of it but we did some interviews last week we're gonna do them this week and we try to keep it non-time committal however um yeah like have something happen in your life you're like i want to text teller and i'm like wait no no i want to save it for the podcast oh oh no we i mean yeah, we kind of, I, I think we're going to be doing more of that. This last episode <laughs> that we did was very, like, I, I mean, we both pretty much had mental breakdowns in the same week, and then we talked <laughs> about it on the podcast. So. There you go. Episode so five. <laughs> more instinct than you thought. Exactly. <laughs> if you were to get on to the RuPaul's Drag Race television program reality show, who would you pick to do for the Snatch Game? I want to keep that a secret because I have some okay. good ones. All I right, we can keep it a secret. I, but I'll tell you one of the ones that I'm definitely because I know you're going to ask me to like impersonate after I tell you. No, no, this, no. But, only if you want. Okay, good. Um, Megan the Stallion mm-hmm. because we're both like just two big, beautiful black women. Are Are I you prepared that. to do WAP when bars open again? Gosh, uh, no. do you know the choreo? <laughs> um, I. I do you know the choreo? Can I do the choreo? <laughs> That's the question. TBD. <laughs> okay, so you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's always like Gaga live performances. It's a Beyonce <laughs> live performances. It's always someone's live, live performance. Do you have a or... favorite live performance ever? Oh my gosh. Right now, I've been stuck on this Doja Cat uh, BBMA. Mm-hmm performance that's been good but favorite live performance ever pretty much any gaga judas graham norton okay that's okay that's great that that's a good one yeah has have you been to like a concert that has been like the most memorable for you um 
in the future, I have gone to the Chromatica Ball. <laughs> so yes. yeah, me too. I'm just claiming that right now. I have my ticket. I, I don't, just, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? These prices oh, are ridiculous. Yeah, I have my ticket. I got it. It was 250 bucks, but uh, I have my ticket. So, um, yeah. Um, but other than that. I actually started going to music. I went to this music festival in like Croatia last year and that was pretty memorable. Um, nice. Yeah, that was, yeah. But there was no particular artist and sure the memorable has more to do with other things than, <laughs> than actual music. So, memorable you know. or not memorable? <laughs> I can't remember. Exactly. <laughs> if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what is it? Grilled cheese and tomato Okay, soup. what kind of cheese? Oh, a good mix. I need okay. to have variety with the cheese. Absolutely. But I could do grilled cheese. I'm vegetarian, so. Okay. I, yeah, grilled cheese, tomato soup. Yes. So we're going to do the pop five rapid fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture things, topics, okay. headlines, things that have happened recently. Okay. You're going to give me a word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about. Yes. Number one is The Crown season four. Haven't watched it. Have you watched any of the show before? Mm-mm. It's okay. No. It's okay. It's a See, everyone's telling me to watch The Crown and Queen's Gambit and like oh. all these things. I do not watch TV like that much. I watch okay. it. That's fair. Well, speaking of TV, I know you don't watch it, but this is this this made some headlines. A Recipe for Seduction, the new KFC Lifetime movie starring Mario Lopez. Oh my God. <laughs> I just got sent that this morning. That is the... Oh my God. I, why? It's a... I just, like there are certain things that just like make me feel trash to be human and like that is one of them and i can't really talk because i like spend 90 90 minutes to like put on makeup and prance around with my uh dick tucked between my legs but like i don't know i feel like there's some respect for what i do versus uh <laughs> Mm-hmm. Colonel Colonel Sanders. Listen, oh I'm just I'm ready for um the the grimace um behind the scenes story. Um, I'm sure the little redhead girl from Wendy's has got a nice story coming up. Oh my Listen, gosh! Give us the entire like uh, fast food industry Maybe. on Lifetime. Maybe I'm here for it. I'll take. I'm traumatized by the McDonald's uh, Halloween movies from when I was a kid, so <laughs> I um I definitely could do without any. You'll pass on those. Yes, exactly. All right. Number three is breakdancing to be in the Paris Olympics. Wait, like actually? Correct. It's going to be a sport. As a, as a competitive sport. I mean, sport. dancing is definitely a sport, so I'm mm-hmm. all here for it. Yeah. But breakdancing, I didn't realize how people like still did it. Like, I feel like. Yeah, some, it feels a little dated. Yeah. I was like, I feel like they applied to do it in like the 90s. And then like the. <laughs> the olympic committee finally approved it and it's like it's too late right just like the the, so. the couple years where surfing was in um the olympics and you're like oh because we're in australia is that the only reason why yeah uh, yeah and then yeah next what is it gonna be like tiktok video making in 2050 oh, <laughs> listen if there's a competition for podcasting i'm ready for it I'm, okay I'm, i'll represent the u.s yes <laughs> okay number four is karamo brown works with the salvation army to read the news more oh just came out today oh 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 karamo Uh uh-huh 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 yeah a little problematic i mean 
I, I will say, I am all for like, you know, because for example, we talked a bit earlier about like, I mean, like our scene, I, I was getting a lot of flack for like, I don't know, being in bars or supporting bars who I guess in the past had had like, um, like my own bars pitchers, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this whole thing over the summer where people are trying to say that like they've, uh, that the owner is a racist and that we should not support pitchers, period, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I am very, I, I agree that like there is a, a certain level that people can get where you just have to like kind of cancel their behavior and move on from it, you know? Um, however, I, I feel like it takes a long time for people to get to that point. So I, I don't know. I, my whole big point here is that like, I would rather be like someone that is like in a problematic space, trying to help make a difference and change that space. Mm-hmm. If we're limited in the spaces that we have, you know, um, that being said, Salvation Army, fuck no. But right, and that's and that's what I'm hoping is like maybe it was just a little snafu, but I feel like at this point in time he should know their stand. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, if they're yeah, I mean they've held on to those stances even in like 2020, so that's exactly. a little different, you know. Um, but yeah, I did not know that. I'm gonna have to Google that because <laughs> uh, I can't even spell Karamo. <laughs> well, right. this last one, number five. If you've been living under a rock, maybe you don't know, but I hope, I hope you understand this one. Mariah Carey releases Osanta with Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. Has that been released? Uh-huh. How was Wait, it? you haven't heard it? I haven't heard it. Oh my god! Is it good? Oh my god! It has oh to be god. good. I'm so slow because I love Jennifer. Oh my god! Well, all I'm going to say is two out of three of them are given a harmonizing whistle tone moment. Okay. I'll I'm, let you guess which are the two. Uh, Ariana Grande and Mariah Carey's computer. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the song is good. I mean, I love the song, Oh Santa, when, it, when she did release it a couple of years ago as, a, as mm-hmm. her own. But the, the three of them work well. And the, the music video was really silly and... A lot of green screen, but you know what? It's joyful, and that's yeah. the season. Yeah. Well. Well, you definitely yeah. got to watch that when once this podcast is over. Yeah, I'm going to. I have it queued up right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a fan corner question for you. Oh, okay. And this is a question from Desiree Dick. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is the inside filling cream of your cake? <laughs> it's desiree i don't know how vulgar i can be <laughs> listen it, you can be as vulgar as you want <laughs> if desiree is asking the question and she knows what the feeling is <laughs> no, oh! but... <laughs> wow there's the tea time no oh my god <laughs> no um i mean honestly the filling of, of cake is and this sounds so fucking cheesy but it's like it's literally all the my all my friends and people that i get to interact with like legitimately um it uh yeah i really yeah yeah um yeah i I, it's the people for me it's the people i love that i love that (laughs) so i have my previous guest ask my current guest a question and this is a question from shirley you jest okay 
You may have answered it, but I'm not sure which way you're going to go with this, but I'm excited. Okay. Who is your number one diva? I'm going to give it some second. Yeah, I'm going to give it some second thought because I I wouldn't like. Gaga is great, and I think that Gaga is an icon. I I don't think I would call Gaga a diva, in my opinion. I don't think that gives off like a diva vibe to me mm-hmm. you know i think that diva kind of denotes something different and uh diana ross like okay. legend sure. Icon. yeah Star. yeah yeah and it's like i mean i think that yeah i mean all right That's or beyonce answer. or beyonce i mean those are two like very like basic answers but i mean honestly like they're I mean, your they divas are that's okay just like they are the epitome of diva dumb <laughs> to me so absolutely yeah well now is your turn to ask my next guest a question and it could be about anything you would like it to be do i know who the guest is nope okay um my question is Anything drag related, not drag related, life related, whatever you want to be. Yeah. Huh. I'm like going dark with these questions. I'm like, I need to chill out. Um, who, <laughs> <laughs> um, who is your least favorite uh, pop culture? Like modern pop culture person that is not okay. Donald that is not Donald Trump. <laughs> All right, well, okay, good. So, yeah. That would be the easy answer. All yeah. right, I like, that. I like that. Yeah. And in hopes of expanding the podcast, we're adding a new feature where I get to ask you, who do you want to hear on the podcast in the future? Yeah. Um you gotta get Drew Sedora. All right. You gotta get Drew Sedora. Yeah. I think that Drew this would be something different for Drew to do. Um or um Yeah, True Sedora. That's my pick. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo, Cash App, PayPal? Yeah, um, I am very uh, tightly branded at Cake Does Drag um, everywhere. So that's uh, Venmo, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Cash App, all that. At Cake Does Drag. Yes. Well, this was so much fun chatting with you. I know we had some technical issues that the listeners won't know about, but <laughs> you know what? We powered through it. We got yes. through it. And yes, we thank did. you for uh, being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, um, uh, everyone listening, thank you for taking time to listen to this. Um, please feel free to like shoot me a message, whatever, talk to me. I am small time, so I love talking to people. <laughs> The biggest thanks to Cake for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.